Denzel steps up and to sideline again. And it's caught another great catch. It's down with a unblocked Carter. Got it. Touchdown. Deron Carter's first as a Toronto Argonaut. It is week 18 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network Canada-wide. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Great show for you today, folks. Man, Rod Black, my guy from the CFL on TSN, play-by-play extraordinaire, called two games over the Thanksgiving weekend. We'll chat with him, look towards the playoffs, and the week that was. Also, Scott Cullen, updated power rankings and CFL fantasy tips, and behind the helmet with Hamilton Ticats receiver Luke Tasker, one of the more prolific weapons in the CFL over the last number of years. So we'll go behind the helmet with Luke Tasker there. And as you know, we are delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food. You sick of the turkey? Get yourself some Domino's this week or in the weekend for the watch all the games. Go get yourself some Domino's.ca. Try the medium feast pizza. I'm telling you, loaded with toppings. Or you want a large four topping? Just $12.99. Check out all the great deals, all the great options. Pasta, boneless chicken for side dishes, so much more, so much variety. Marbled cookie brownies for dessert. If you guys, listen, if you guys have not tried the marbled cookie brownies, I've only been talking about it for what, two years on this show. Do yourself a favor. Try it. You can eat them warm. You can reheat them up in the oven. You can eat them cold. They are phenomenal with milk as well. Do it. Trust me. Trust me on that one. Okay, that's enough. Now let's get to the news and notes from around the league. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. And in first down, hey, Playoff time is a coming in the CFL. So we got updated playoff scenario. So the Hamilton Tiger Cats have clinched a home playoff date after the Montreal Alouettes lost to the Calgary Stampeders on Monday. That also eliminated the Alouettes from playoff contention. Not that we, we were expecting them to get there, but officially, officially, mathematically gone is Montreal. Then we got the Calgary Stampeders. They were the first to clinch that playoff spot with that win over the Alouettes. You got the BC Lions. Now the Lions were right on that bubble, right? Right on that bubble. The GM calling out the quarterback. Is he working hard enough? Jonathan Jennings stepped up enough. Get that win over the Argonauts. So the BC Lions improving their chances of advancing to the postseason. This confirmed a pair of scenarios in the East Division after beating Toronto. Okay, so the, the Lions win over the Argos, eliminates Toronto from playoff contention while clinching a home playoff date for the Ottawa Red Blacks. So even though the Red Blacks lost, they're still guaranteed a home playoff date. The Argos' defeat also guarantees that there will be a West Division crossover team. We all expected it, but this, again, makes it official. So West Division crossover team entering the East Division playoffs. That's for the third consecutive season. The Stampeders can clinch a home playoff date for the seventh consecutive season with a win, a tie, or a combination of losses by Western opponents this coming weekend. So there you go. There are the updated playoff scenarios. Let's move on. Second down. Getting back to the Argonauts here. Did Mark Tressman, did head coach Mark Tressman go back to quarterback James Franklin in the BC game too 
late. The CFL and TSM panel with Rod Smith, Matt Dunnigan, Milt Stiegel, and Jim Barker debate. Okay, Milt, the Argos went back to James Franklin in a game they had to win at BC Place. They lost it narrowly. Did Mark Tressman go back to Franklin too late, not just in the game, but in the season? Too late, too late. We saw McVeth early on when he got in there that first game. We saw him leading back to a victory for touchdowns. The next game, he also led him back to a victory, but since then, he struggled. I think he's only thrown five touchdowns yeah, versus no. nine interceptions. He waited too late. I agree, Milt. 0-6 McLeod Bethel-Thompson, and I, and I really believe that, uh, you know, the garbage time, yeah, the young quarterback uh, looked good, but he, I, I think, I don't think I would have gone away from him. You've got to play the game to learn the game. Mark Tressman watches the film. Mark Tressman makes decisions based on what he sees. Hmm. He felt McLeod Bethel-Thompson no. gave them the best chance to win. I've yet he to meet a win, coach no. he didn't who win. doesn't play the player who oh, gives him the best chance to win. But they didn't win. win with him in there. How's that the best Best chance Wait, to you win. still you make the right you make the decision you think is right. Well, it's James Franklin's job now, but just like Johnny Manziel in Montreal playing out the rest of the season without a shot at the playoffs. Listen, to me, the Argonauts have to take the rest of this season to evaluate the quarterback position moving forward. That's obvious. But uh, it it's so important because I'm assuming they want to be in retool mode and not in rebuild mode. So these are the four scenarios. One, you believe Ricky Ray is going to come back and you're going to roll with him for one more year. Two, you decide James Franklin is the future. Three, you decide McLeod Bethel-Thompson is the future. Or four, that the next starting quarterback is not on the roster. So you've got to evaluate all that. And for me, it's time to move on from Ricky Ray. If he even comes back, he might just hang him up and, and, and be done with the, the Hall of Fame career. The question then becomes I think James Franklin is more likely than McLeod Bethel-Thompson, not just because of MBT's struggles recently after those two comeback wins, but Franklin is the only one under contract to Toronto next year. Okay, on to third down. Third down. Hey, how about an, an expansion update, right? Halifax the hot spot to give the CFL that elusive 10th team i hate all the bye weeks because of the odd number of teams so i'm rooting for it but let's hear from tsn cfl insider dave naylor on the latest about a halifax team yeah i get asked a lot about this what's the latest on halifax what's the latest on halifax the latest is october the 28th there is a regional council meeting in which they are tentatively scheduled to have an update on the progress which may include recommendations for final steps to bring back a a, a basically a financial structure a site recommendation all those kinds of things uh and where that what that means is that essentially if there's positive momentum at the end on that vote on that meeting on the 28th the group cfl atlantic would be able to work with the city and try to finish off this deal with the province and then come back with basically a, a site and a total package with all the partners involved in it. Now, if we get that positive momentum, I think it's possible we could see in November a kickoff to a season ticket campaign and name the team contest. And interesting, the down-home kitchen party, which has been a staple of the mm -hmm. Great Cup for years. Uh, this year, the prospective owners are going to be co-hosts of that party. So it is going to be the CFL Atlantic kitchen party this year. That's so they're trying to capitalize on some of the positive momentum coming with the playoffs. That's great. You brought it back to a party and a feast. I, like, I like the way yeah. you did that. So there you go. Fingers crossed. That'd be a lot of fun. Get to the even number. Then you're truly coast to coast with that Atlantic team. We're going to step aside after the break. CFL on TSM Play-By-Play -play Man, Rod Black, to talk about the weekend's games and look ahead. That is next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. 
Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFO Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's. As you know, get yourself a medium feast pizza loaded with toppings, just $10.99. Or you want something bigger? Go get yourself a large four topping for $12.99. Pasta, side dishes, Marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. And a guy who was working all Thanksgiving weekend from the CFL and TSN, Rod Black, joins me now. Rod, how's it going? It's going great, Andy. Uh, belated happy Thanksgiving. And uh, after that mouthwatering endorsement you just gave <laughs> Domino's, I know I have a little tryptophan overdose. Uh, I had a lot of turkey. Uh, I, I suppose Domino's has turkey top pizzas, but I think, you know what, I'm not going medium, man. I'm going large. Got to go large. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, Rod, you, you worked the, the Montreal game yesterday. Did you uh, enjoy the press box turkey? Well, um, <laughs> this year's uh, this year's was a little less than desirable. Uh, you know, I, I generally go by the palate of my partner, Dwayne Ford, who is the <laughs> world championship eater of eaters, particularly <laughs> when it comes to any kind of meat. Uh, and I will tell you that Dwayne Ford did not indulge, not even a morsel of turkey this year. Oh, so boy. Uh, it wasn't the best. We've had some bad ones. Uh, it, it wasn't the worst. Uh, on a scale of uh, uh, 0 to 100, though, I would probably put it about uh, around a 30. So it was, mm. it was cold. It was, and, 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 you, oh. know, you, you can't have cold turkey on no. Thanksgiving. No, no, absolutely not. Well, you know what? Hey, the game itself... If you were looking for offense, was probably that thirty out of a hundred turkey score as well. <laughs> maybe less. Maybe. Hey, maybe less than that. It was. It was a cold turkey <laughs> in many ways. It was. Uh, didn't have a lot of offense, um, but you know, I, I think we're starting to see it in almost. Uh, you know, every game week to week now as the playoffs are around the corner, you're starting to see defenses rise up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And for for Montreal, one of the the lone bright spots that has has come on in certain weeks has been the defense. Something maybe moving forward they can build around. Um, let's start with you know the obvious. We always have to talk about Johnny Manziel. No touchdowns, one interception, six points. That Calgary D is pretty good. Did you see any progression from him from the previous week? And, and your overall thoughts on Johnny? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know, I mean, I think everybody who's covering the league right now can be accused a little bit of being Manziel centric, but why right. not? I mean, he's the story. He's the biggest name to come into this league, and, and 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 we'd be crazy not to talk about Johnny Manziel. And and I, I do see progress. And at first, I saw baby steps, and starting to now see bigger steps. And it's still going to take a while for Johnny Manziel, but I, I mean, week to week, I think you're starting to see him shaking off some of the rust. That was obviously there from from sure. not competing at a high level for a few years. But you're also starting to see him learn and adapt to the CFL field and the CFL game. And there, there's a lot more to it. There's tempo and there's timing and there's nuance and there's two downs to, to get 10, essentially. There is still the waggle and all of these things. And he, he talked this week about his timing and his feet and, and you know, wanting to make sure that, he looked to pass first and not always think about run first. And 
you're starting to see it come around for Johnny Manziel. You're starting to see the light bulb go off. It, it, it wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, it's a long overnight. And I think by the end of this year, and obviously they have nothing to play for now, but I think what they're playing for is, is next year and, and what kind of quarterback Johnny Manziel will be in the Canadian Football League. And it, it, he's still not quite obviously Bo Levi Mitchell or Mike Riley. You know, or, or really any of the Jeremiah Masoli or any of the quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. But I still have a feeling that there's some some upside, and I still think we're going to see that down the road. You're going to see more Manziel magic, if you will, and and he's starting to learn the game. The game is slowing down for him. And Rod, part of that also is going to be this off season. How Montreal builds around him. The guy doesn't have a lot to work with on offense. No, either. he no, Andy, you're absolutely right. And I, I nothing against his O line, but no. if, if you were watching the game on Monday, Johnny Manziel does not have a lot to work with. And I mean, the Alouettes. Well, let's face it, they were three and fifteen last year. There's probably a good chance they'll be three and fifteen at best this year. And if you watch Monday's game, uh, you know he's got a very green uh, offensive line still that is. It's still a work in progress. They had three, uh, five national players on the line. And I thought in the first half they did a good job protecting him. But Dave Dickinson's a smart coach, and, and they made some adjustments, and they came at him full heat in the second half. And he just was – he was like um, a turkey on a platter on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. I mean, they were just yeah. feasting on him. And so that – and plus, you know, I think he does need a, a little more receiver help. And B.J. Cunningham didn't play. I think that's been a guy who he's been his go-to guy. Ernest Jackson's coming around. But they still need a lot of help in Montreal. And it was go- wasn't going to happen overnight there, quite obviously. But at the same time, I think Cavis Reed and the entire organization, they're going to try to find some Johnny Manziel ball players, And it, it's up to Johnny to, 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 to see if he can become Johnny Canadian football, but I think mm-hmm. it's also going to be on the organization to surround him with some good players. Yeah, both have to be 100% bought in. In conversation with Rod Black, CFL on TSN. Okay, Rod, let's talk about the other side. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders, a surprising 12 points, didn't score till the fourth quarter, but I think with a team, you talk about the Alouettes, nothing to play for. Stampeders are just trying to be healthy and get to the playoffs. However, the underlying storyline, the overcoming for Bo Levi Mitchell to finally win in Montreal, I think that's got to say something. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Or maybe maybe yeah. preaching. He's not the only one, by the way. A lot of players, Andy, suffer from this 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 malady that that, that happens when you go to Montreal. Yeah. The, it's the it's the Montreal flu, as they call it, and <laughs> it, it can happen. And it happens to do, to do with nightlife sometimes. Yes. It happens to do with a, a lot of different things. But I, I do think that the Stampeders tried to to correct that this time. They went in early. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell admitted that there were some players that went out and did a little too much partying when they go to Montreal in the past. And those players aren't there anymore. Uh, but at the same time, I do think you can credit the Montreal defense, by the way. In, in years past, they play well at home. And he hadn't won. In, 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 but Albeit, it was only two games that he had played there. I mean, the Stamps had not won there since 2013. But, uh, yeah, they didn't look good. They, they sputtered out of the gate. And I think that's the time of year where Dave Dickinson knows he's been down this road before when you don't have much to play for. And I think this team, you know, has to think about starting to peak and play important games, important games in October and November, which they haven't really had to do in the last few years. So it can't just be that Western final. It has to be some games leading up to the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think <laughs> the best thing that may have happened to them is that they they actually were in a close game and they, and they were able to pull it out and they were able to, and that it was ugly, 
but you got to win ugly sometimes. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's October and November football, but hey, it, it's it's not it's not a playoff game. But you better start simulating the playoffs because if the Stamps finally want to win the big one, mm-hmm. these games are going to matter. They do. Uh, Rod, do you believe in the that that thing peaking too early? Right. I've heard it kind of both sides. Right. Yeah. You peak I do. Too early? Yeah. I do. I really do. I do believe in that, and I, I guess maybe because it's from my sports background and playing so often, and I and and I guess you know watching so many different sports, I've seen it so often. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think you're seeing it in baseball now. Yeah, I, I see absolutely. that some some teams that had had peaked a little earlier are you know starting to to find out that the the water turns off suddenly from the the faucet. You can't just can't turn it on and turn it off and. I, I do believe in that. I, I do believe in rhythm. I, I do believe in rest. I think rest is important, especially for Calgary. By the way, go back to Calgary. Remember, this is a team that is, is decimated by injury oh, yeah. right now, Same and important. they have lost all-star. They've lost all-star receivers that would be on an all-star team, never mind their own team. Yeah. Uh, so they, this, this is a team that also has to be healthy. I do believe in rest, but I do believe in rust, too. I think you have to be making sure that you are in good rhythm. So I think it's a fine line, a very fine line in so many ways. Uh, some teams defy those, those, the, the thought that, you know, perhaps you can peak a little too early, but I do believe that you have to be in fine form and carry some momentum, particularly into big games. Rod, let's wrap up with a uh, couple thoughts on the first game that you called during this Week 17. That was an overtime thriller, kind of the offensive mm-hmm. opposite of the Monday game <laughs> in Ottawa. Blue Bombers and Red Blacks, and going into this game, Rod, what I wanted to see was, okay, how are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, that Jekyll and Hyde, Matt Nichols under fire from fans, from everybody, are you going to yank them? And we saw, I think, the perfect blend of Bombers football. You got Matt Nichols not turning the ball over, 265 yards, and you give it to the big dog in the backfield, Andrew Harris, 132 on the ground. Yeah, you saw it a lot. And, again, it goes back to the ebb and flow of the CFL, Andy, in so many ways. The, uh, a Bomber team that only a few weeks ago was left for dead. I mean, yeah, look at Edmonton yeah. again. It came a few weeks ago that was riding hot. But this Bomber team that was hearing the Bluebirds, and finally they are getting healthy, too. They're starting to, to come around, and, and players are starting to come up big. But I think at the same time, Matt Nichols is is the key. And I'll give him a lot of credit. I mean, you know, a lot of people were, were calling for his head there, but not Matt Nichols. He, he's been down this road before and faced adversity. It was an offensive showcase. It was back and forth. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, about being in that element of a game that felt like a playoff game where you have to find a way to win. And the Bombers looked like they had coughed it up again. I, we will be having a very different conversation right now. Had Ottawa won in overtime because oh, yeah. for many ways the, the the bombers had you know relinquished a, a very uh, i would say a, a winnable game and suddenly you get to overtime and that's the cfl for you but there are no endings that are written in sports I mean, <laughs> no. if you think you can write scripts just watch that game okay here comes ottawa well then this is going to be a fairy tale ending probably lewis ward kicking another field goal, and they win, and they go off. and No, it didn't work that way. Nope. And Adam Big Hill, who's had an outstanding year for Winnipeg, makes the biggest play maybe of the season for this team. And, you know, they're back again, riding some momentum, carrying it into another week. But you start to learn from these games, and I think you learn from just not the games and the outcomes. I think you start to learn from moments, and Winnipeg did learn from moments in this game. There is no doubt. But I think the other story, too, was, was Lewis Ward. And so to make 40 in a row, that's incredible. But I do know that Rick Campbell would love to see 
a few more touchdowns and field goals. And had the Red Blacks offense not been so inept for such a long time, if finishing drives, I don't think the rookie may have been close to this record because they had to trade field goals. But good on him. I mean, this is a streak that could keep going for quite some time. Yeah, trade uh, extra points instead of field goals for sure. Uh, Rod, on, on a, one final point here. Ottawa drops to 8-6. and six. Hamilton off the bye playing Toronto on Friday at 7-7. Seven and seven. Mm. Rod, we could be seeing a tie for first place right here, at the, or the Ticats overcoming. Like, where are you at in that East Division? Because it's obviously a two-horse yeah. race. Like, this is, just when you think you have it figured yeah. out, it, it changes. I, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I'm, let me flip my coin here. Yeah, Andy. yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess is, is the best answer. Who knows? Is again, who will carry that momentum? And Ottawa, I think if Ottawa wins that game, and can, I think it's very complete. They're going to finish first. I mean, both of these teams are going to get a home playoff game. I do think that the team, both of these teams, want to have that buy so they don't have to play that West Division crossover team because right. this could be a year a West Division team finally, 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 finally makes it to the Grey Cup. But they have, still have to go through the East, and Hamilton's playing good football. They are playing really good football. and They are, yes, a little inconsistent, as almost every team in the CFL mm-hmm. is. But it, it comes down to, you know, really, the, the not even this week, but the next two following weeks, back-to-back Hamilton and Ottawa, and those two games likely are going to decide it. At the same time, Hamilton really has to win this game against oh, yeah. Toronto, a team that's out of the playoffs, but the Argos may play spoilers. It, it's so hard. I would not want to be a gambling guy and or, or even a fantasy guy trying to go off wins and losses in the Canadian Football League because it has become so unpredictable, as it has in the East. It may come down to the final game in the season, but hey, that's what we want. That's what we love about the sport. And that's what we love about the Canadian Football League. No lead is safe, not only in games, but also in the standings. Oh, man. It's going to be a lot of fun heading into the playoffs. Rod, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. Andy, anytime. Enjoy Week 18, brother. There he goes, Rod Black from the CFL on TSN. One of the all-time great good guys. I love talking to Rod. And he mentioned fantasy. Well, speaking of that, we're going to talk power rankings. We're going to talk some CFL fantasy with TSN.ca's Scott Cullen coming up next right here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Welcome back, everybody, to CFL Weekly across Canada on the PSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81. Delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food, of course. Get yourself a medium feast pizza loaded with toppings for just $10.99. The marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Pasta, boneless chicken. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That is dominoes.ca. Well, hey, we all had a lot of turkey over the weekend, so pizza is probably going to be a good option. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on the line. Scotty, are you due for some Domino's, buddy? Well, yeah, I'm going to order a pizza with, like, turkey and mashed potatoes on it. Is that, is that an option? I, I think that might be seasonal. Um, yeah, seasonal, that's right. Possibly a seasonal option. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, man, you look at, you look at the, the Week 17 games and moving forward. We'll begin with the power rankings here. As always, we, uh, you know, pen in permanent marker Calgary at the top. But, oh, boy, like, we talk about the middle, that next layer, Scotty. You got Winnipeg pulling it out in overtime. BC beats the Argos, which wasn't necessarily a shock. But Edmonton dropping. Now Edmonton's in last? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bizarre sort of turn of events, I'd say, that, that Edmonton has really fallen as flat as they have. 
Um, and I mean, look, they've, they've crashed pretty hard in the rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they were as high as second for, for quite a while through kind of the mid portion of the season. And, uh, and now they're, uh, they're, they're fighting off BC, uh, you know, for a battle between sixth and seventh in the rankings, which oh, wow. is like it just doesn't even make any sense. And but it, by the same token, I mean, like you know, Mike Riley goes out and throws you no touchdowns and three interceptions. Like, in what world is that? Exactly. Um, you know what you would expect from them. You know, and then like even you know through their ups and downs this year, Riley had been really productive. Uh, and so you can always kind of count that, okay, your quarterback is going to keep you in it. Well, like, I think in the last three weeks, he has one touchdown and six picks. Like, this is not the, the Mike Riley who, who you know, has been probably the best quarterback in the league over the past couple of seasons. And, and you know, n- not to pin all their troubles on Mike Riley, but I would say that's sort of a, a symptom uh, of the problems that they're having is that you know, even Mike Riley, who has, who has been their ultra-reliable leader, uh, he's suddenly not producing either. And so... You know, then you then you start to worry about how they're going to pull out of this tailspin because, you know, if if you were getting Riley, you know, moving the team up and down the field every week, you would feel pretty good about okay, well, at some point, you know, it's going to go your way. But if all of a sudden you're not even moving the ball, well, that that's when you really start to worry. Well, yeah, and shockingly, he Mike Riley has more rushing fantasy points than passing fantasy points over the last two weeks at that at that thirteen thousand eight hundred sixty one salary. Oh boy! If you were popping him into your lineup, you're uh, you're saying some curse words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You 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 paid Woo. the price for that. That's for sure. And like, I've been reluctant to play him in, in fantasy almost all year because fourteen thousand is just it's so much. Exactly. You know, there, it's it's hard to get any upside out of that. Like maybe he gives you a great week, and I mean he had some really great weeks early in the year, and but maybe during those great weeks you get fair value. But it's really hard to, you know, exceed the value mm-hmm. uh, when when he's priced so much higher than everyone else in the position. But um, yeah, and the, like this, you know, as we zigzag back and forth between fantasy and sort of the, the fate of the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, I mean, a lot of it falls on on Mike Riley. You know, is that uh, when they're moving the ball and he's, you know, not turning it over, you, you kind of feel you feel optimistic about their chances of turning things around. But uh, you know, we're a few weeks uh, down the road here of of poor play and, and turning the ball over and not scoring. And, and now you really have to worry about uh, whether they can kind of fix it in time to, to save their season. Yeah. And we go underneath them and entering double digits in the win category is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Scotty, you talk about a team that just finds a way. If the offense isn't working, the defense, it does it. If that doesn't work, the special teams is in it with the offense. They have next to no running game. Zach Caleros didn't throw a touchdown, one pick. And they edge, and, and, and the defense stepped up. Like, that team, Scotty, I think is just somebody you just can never, ever count out this year. Yeah, and that, that's interesting because this is, you know, particularly when I'm doing rankings, is, is that I, I tend to focus on quarterbacks. I mean, not obviously there's a lot more that goes into a team, but sure. I, I like to feel confident in your quarterback before I put too much stock in, uh, in a CFL team and, and Caleros, you know, given that he has some track record, I, I felt okay with him uh, coming in there this year, even, even off, you know, kind of a down half season of Hamilton last year, but goodness. Um, I mean, he, he hasn't really been that good for them, you no. know. He has nine touchdowns and eleven picks. Like th- this isn't the kind of thing that you go, oh yeah, they've got quarterbacks sorted out. I mean, <laughs> he's better than their other options, but that's not saying a whole lot. And so this is, as you say, they've had to 
you know, kind of eke out victories every which way. And and so far that's worked. And, you know, you can't argue with 10 and five. I mean, they're the only, uh, only team other than Calgary is sitting on double digit wins. So you have to, you have to give them credit for that. But at the same time, you know, I feel uh, more faith in, in kind of knowing where you're getting your wins from. Like, you know, if, if you're Calgary and, and, you know, at least prior to this past week, Bo Levi Mitchell, you could kind of set your watch by him and, and, you know, you knew that that was kind of the guiding force for uh, for their offense, and they had a great defense. And, and you know, you, you turn it over to Saskatchewan, it's like, well, you know, one week you might get something here, and one week you might get something there. But um, you know, so far the results have have been good enough that they've won ten games, and you, know, you have to you know give them credit for that. Absolutely, it's it's been crazy because too, if if we now swing to the Saskatchewan fantasy football side, it's do you outside of the defense. Is there anybody on that offense you trust? I don't. Like Trey Mason could, could go for 120 yards. It's really tough because, like, I would say, you know, coming into the year, and I guess at, at, you know, kind of very specialized weeks during the year, Naman Roosevelt is a guy that you might think, okay, he can, he could be um, a guy who puts up numbers for you. I mean, he was a thousand yard receiver last year. So, so you would think that that's a possibility. But I think there have been enough weeks this year where, you know, he's given you very little that, yeah, it's really hard to um, to kind of pinpoint a receiver in the Saskatchewan um, attack that you would like kind of on a, on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, you don't know whether it's going to be Roosevelt or Jordan Williams-Lambert or Shkel Evans. And, and given, given that that's the kind of – that's who they have on, on the roster, that's the receiving core, well – you know, you don't want to necessarily pin yourself down with those guys on a week-to-week basis. So, um, so I think, yeah, it, like I, I've I have tried at various times this year to you know fall in love with Trey Mason or somebody in the in the running game, um, and you know I think that comes with kind of hits and misses. Uh, but and, and certainly last week I think counts as a miss. In Ten <laughs> carries for twenty yards. That's a that's a tough one. Uh, but that's you know I guess what you're left with is is any of these guys that you hope might. Um, you know, play a big role for the the Rough Riders that week. You know, you're kind of rolling the dice, and and so, you know, you, you're you're doing it. Um, you know, I think recognizing that you're taking a risk, and um, maybe that's somebody you play at a flex if the price is right, and that, and that sort of thing. But um, you know, most most weeks you'd like to get somebody that you can count on a little bit more. Yeah, and that's the danger when you're playing, whether it's CFL or NFL fantasy, the chasing game. Because someone has a good week, you're like, okay, I'll get him. And then they fall. Like, yeah. oh, look two weeks ago. Uh, it was Ky- Kyron Moore. Does anyone fancy yeah. themselves some Kyron Moore this week? Because weeks before that, oh, okay, Jerron Carter's gone. Jordan Williams-Lambert having a big week. Well, he's the guy. And then he yeah. has two catches. Like, you don't know what. It, it's It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I mean, yeah, it, it, this is the maddening part for the fantasy fan. And, and obviously, look, what, what does Saskatchewan care about fantasy? Fans, oh, yeah. Right? Like, they, 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 don't, they don't care whether you know who their number one receiver is <laughs> going to be in a given week. And, and, of course. But, you know, if you're, if you're a fan sitting here trying to go, okay, well, I, I want to, you know, th- this is who I want for my fantasy lineup this week. It's really hard to get in on somebody for Saskatchewan just because you're not getting it uh, on a week-to-week basis. You know, they, you know, one of the guys who we've sung the praises of this week or this year is Brandon Banks mm-hmm. in Hamilton, right? Because week after week he was there and he was putting up hundred yard yeah. games and you can, you know, you could say you're watched by that. And, you know, now 
you know, you go to a team like Saskatchewan, it's like, I, you know, I, I don't know from one week to the next who the, who the guy is going to be. And, and that makes it really tough to, you know, decide that, all right, you want to, you want to spend some of your, uh, you know, your salary cap dollars on a, on one of those players. Like you, you feel like uh, you're better off going to a place where the, the, the usage is more predictable. Uh, and, you know, and so that there's, I guess, a, a divergence between real football and, uh, and fantasy football. And you just know Chris Jones was this guy. He just, he, you know, he would he'd probably <laughs> he take joy. Fantasy owners for he the fun would, of it. He would take the game's joy. too easy for him, so oh, he needs to do that too. He just does that too, just to be a jerk about it. Oh, he's a mad scientist. Uh, and, and you mentioned Brandon Banks, and this is a guy, as you said, week after week. Now he's got a hefty price tag, eleven thousand eight fifty four. Man, Scotty, look at what he's done against one the Argos specifically over this just in the passing game over thirty points in their back to back games, and then just each week. And he's one of those guys we talk about. You can you can make him multi dimensional potentially. Hasn't been rushing as much lately, but he can. Right? You have him on different areas, and he's always a threat that can mix and match those big time fantasy points. Are you buying Banks at that extended price of almost twelve grand? I mean, that is really expensive. Yeah. But, I mean, look, it's justifiably expensive because, as I said, there have been a lot of 100-yard games this year. I mean, he's on a stretch right now. His last three uh, games, he scored two touchdowns in each of them. I mean, that the points start to roll up pretty quickly when you start multi putting up multi-touchdown games. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I want uh, – if I want him at that price, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of see see where I can cut Play corners otherwise to, to fit that in. Because, I mean, any of those prices where you're up over 10000 mm. I think that – you know, you're paying a premium, and and you know, and and what credit to the the game for being set up that way because you don't want to make it easy for somebody no. to, to pick Brandon Banks, or you don't want the easy to to pick uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know, like Riley when when things are going well, you know, you don't want it to be easy to 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 take that guy, but it's it's there, and so like. To me, you know, my initial thought is no. I will look and try and find other options at, at receiver, uh, while acknowledging that yeah, Banks deserves to be the highest um, rated guy because I think he's he's the most reliable performer, um, kind of on a week in week out basis, and certainly sure. lately. Um, in addition to the yardage, being able to score as much as he has has uh, kind of really put his value up over the top. And, and strategy-wise, that's something where if you pick somebody that big, then it, it makes more sense if you have, let's say, a sneaky sleeper that you're confident in, somebody who's going to mm-hmm. be at the, the, the three to 4,000 mark that you can kind of slide in. You're like, okay, I'm comfortable here. This isn't just a throw-in. And then you take a yeah. bigger shot. So that's, that's a, a possibility. When you look at the Argonauts, who the Ticats are playing, and that's going to be a, a very important game in the East Division uh, in the real world here. But with the Argos, going back to James Franklin... S.J. Green, her, like, James Wall. Are, are you touching anybody on the Argonauts offense this week? I'm, I'm not too confident, man. Well, I, I don't love them, uh, that's for sure. But, it, but I guess this goes to the, the discount guys that, mm. that you're talking yeah. about. If, if you want an Argo, um, you know, the running backs are, are coming at a, a bargain price. You know, Brandon, Brandon Burks, who got the uh, start last week, you know, didn't score, but had 102 yards on 11 touches, um, you know, which is probably enough to get him more looks against Right. Hamilton this week. Uh, you know, we, we talked Dexter McCluster last week, and his his uh, game wasn't bad. I think he was up over 50 yards in total, but um, and, and he's also cheap. I mean, I think 3,500 3, or something 500. Uh, uh, fantasy-wise. So, you know, in either either of those guys as a, um, you know, as a flex or, uh, or a inexpensive running back option, I think are worthwhile. Um, but, 
you know, yeah, this is not a, a high-powered offense at the best of times, and and this isn't even the best of times now that some of the best guys are hurt. So, um, yeah, the, I would say Toronto is kind of a team you snoop around for value, and, and maybe you'll find it at, at running back. Um, because, I mean, it's also it's tough to put a ton of faith in, in Franklin as the passer. Right. Um, you know, I mean, he... He had some games, a couple of games early on when he when he uh, moved into the lineup. I mean, he threw for two ninety six um, early in the year against Edmonton. But you know, it's not like you get uh, you know three hundred yards and three touchdowns out of James Franklin on a regular basis. So right. uh, I'd be kind of I can be kind of wary about uh, getting anybody in, in the Argos receiving core. Exactly. I'm with you there. Okay, Scotty, let's go quarterback. We'll take Mike Riley out of the conversation until he proves himself again. We've got Bo Levi Mitchell over ten grand, Trevor Harris, of course, Jeremiah Masoli at the 11,000 plus, and then comes the nosedives after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, it falls off pretty hard there, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I mean, look, justifiably, basically every, every one of these guys that are kind of on that, that lower tier of quarterbacks it's really tough to know what you're getting from one week to the next. I mean, like Matt Nichols had a really good week for Winnipeg, but basically the story of this season has been how, how disappointing he's been. Right, um, right. Caleros, we already talked about. Um, you know, that certainly the Rough Riders are, are more effective with him in there, but the numbers uh, are great. Jonathan Jennings is like our poster child for for oh one good week, one bad week. Yeah. And, and so, like, to me, I might return to Trevor Harris. I don't know. Like, he's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a total bargain um, at nine thousand dollars, but he is cheaper than than the other guys up at the top. And um, coming off a, a pretty big week in a losing effort, uh, three hundred forty nine yards and three touchdowns. Like, and and you know, as, as much as Harris, like I get why Harris isn't priced quite as high as some of the the other top quarterbacks. But he, he's he's third in passing yards in the league right now. And um, even though this year I, I think hasn't been as efficient as some of his previous seasons. Um, yeah, I guess he would he would be the guy that I like uh best this week because I just I can't I can't convince myself to take the the real wild card quarterbacks. So I'll right, I'll look right. among among the top guys I might look for a little bit of relative value, but I, I can't go, you know, taking a guy who might end up giving me negative points like Jonathan Jennings did uh, a week ago. Negative 0.2. My goodness. <laughs> All right, Scotty. Well, good stuff as always, man. Uh we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Make sure you check out all his fine work there and on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. After the break, behind the helmet, one of the most dynamic receivers in the CFL from the Hamilton Ticats, Luke Tasker, is my guest to wrap up the show next. CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81, on Instagram at AndyMCSports. If you missed any of the show, I'll have the links there, as well as on the show page on your local TSN radio station. Just go under the show section. Boom, you'll find me there. Also on iTunes, so we're all over the place. And again, on Twitter, I'll have it pinned up at AndyMC81. Okay, hey, behind the helmet time, baby. And I got from the Hamilton Ticats, Luke Hasker, one of the most dynamic receivers in the league, and he's been doing it for quite a while. So let's get to it. Luke, so far in this 2018 CFL season, quite a journey for the Ticats. And I want to start with the team, and then we'll go to your individual successes. But when you look at what this team has has gone through 
And now we're entering, you guys coming off the bye week, you're 500. But to me, Luke, I was mentioning on the, the show last week, it seems like this Ticat team, even though the record says 500, is just hitting its stride. How do you feel that this team is moving to that final push for the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I think we're in a good position on bye week right now and heading into the last four games of the season. Um, you know, certainly this last win over BC, um, you know, I, I think it kind of spoke to spoke to the kind of season it's been. We we you know lost a really close game to them a, a week before, and then really won handily in this uh, in this last game at home and. Uh, in a very uh, in a very uh, in confident style, and I, I do think that these last four games are going to, uh, you know, there's a huge opportunity and uh, could really put us in a great spot heading into the postseason. Well, it's been a bit of a strange year off the top, right? Because okay, you had Johnny Manziel off the top, and and a lot of hype there. Jeremiah Masoli just kept performing, 300 yard game after 300 yard game. But I think the the overcoming story for Hamilton this year is something that's so interesting because look, it was okay. Everybody was putting up stats, but at first the wins weren't coming or it was the touchdowns. And how, when did you feel you and the offense feel like, okay, now we've, we've really started to move forward and actually started to produce wins. Was, did something specific happen? Was it just being together? Can you take us through that? You know, it's just, it just, the more games you play together, the, the more prepared you feel going into the next week. And I, I will say though, that the, uh, the back-to-back games that we played against Toronto, the Labor Day, and then followed by that, you know, the, the, that weekend, you know, those two wins in a row were really, really big for uh, for our team and, and for our offense. And the week before that, we had, we beat um, Ed, Edmonton in a in a really close game at home, and those those three wins strung together like that were huge. I mean, it it just kind of, you know, success and confidence go hand in hand and, and, and each of them builds off the other. And our confidence uh, was, certainly, was certainly growing at that time. And we feel now that, you know, the the East is, is kind of, uh, you know, we have, we're in a good position to, to, make, to make our own uh, destiny for the postseason. Now, Luke, let's get to you specifically, man. It's been, wow, you've been in the league since 2013. Doesn't, does it seem that long for you? Like, it seems like you've been around around forever, but you're still just, just 27 and just clicking in your prime. <laughs> yeah, I, it does seem, it honestly, that, that first Grey Cup in Saskatchewan feels like in some ways a lifetime ago yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's so much turnover in the CFL and in the league, and I've had so many great, great, teammates um but you know and that being said this is only my sixth year and uh you know i was 22 in that first in that first gray cup and it just uh man it's it's, it's been a great uh I, I feel lucky in a lot of ways to have played in hamilton the whole time and to be close to home which is buffalo and uh um yeah it, it's uh it's been a special uh journey for us how have you progressed as a leader? Because as you said, you come in at 22, so you're not you know, necessarily standing up there telling these vets uh, what to do or, or a rah-rah guy. But now six years, you've been there, you've been in the city, you've been with the same team. How have you as a, a player and locker room guy and leader developed over the course of your career? You know, I'm still I'm not a I'm not an overly uh, vocal leader. I wouldn't say it's not really my not really my style. It's never really come natural to me. What I what I do em- embrace though is uh, I, I do think I've, I've come into a certain perspective uh, in, with the game, and I, and I am happy to, to 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 live that perspective and to pass it on to, to people who who are who uh, 
seem to be like-minded and I, and I, you know, I do, I do feel like we're lucky to play this game and, and lucky to be a part of this team. Um, and I also have, have said that I, I just, I really don't, I don't, I don't have any interest in playing football if it's not going to be fun, if it's not going to mm-hmm. be fun with, mm-hmm. with the teammates in the locker room. And I, and, uh, you know, it's not, it's, uh, the joy of the game comes in that perspective to me. And I, and I, uh, and I find that it helps me be a better player when I'm of the right mindset that this is a, you know, that I'm lucky to play and that I can, and that I can be free to enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's a, it doesn't last forever. And, and it, uh, while you do have some years where you're playing a game for a living, if you're not enjoying it, well, it's, uh, I think it's a missed opportunity in my opinion. In conversation with Luke Tasker of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, Luke, statistically, I'm not sure if you look at your stat line, but you are on pace for a personal best. You're averaging more yards per catch, uh, more except for your rookie year. You're on pace to beat your yards. You're on pace to beat your touchdowns. Yourself, how, and this always interests me, how do you keep yourself right? physically during the season off-season training is there something you do because as you said it's a fun game but it's grueling man like you i don't know if people fully appreciate the pounding and the and the 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 stress on the body to keep yourself right and keep getting better is there something you do some uh regimen off-season during the season to keep right you know every season is different but in terms of how you in terms of how you manage all that but what every season has in common is you're just you're just never healthy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You know, honestly, you just are never playing at a hundred percent. It's just not the way that it, that it happens. At least not for me. I just I'm always dealing with something. And last year, I played in all eighteen games. Um, and this, but this year, I had to miss two games early on with a with a with a strain in my quad. And I just and and that's just that seems like a long time ago in my mind already. You know, I got a, all kinds of things that you're dealing with as the season uh, goes on because it just isn't, you know, in a lot of ways, football's like the human body is not meant to last through a football season. Like we're not built like that. Like this game, this game is more than, more than you're built to handle. And so it just, something has to give uh, every now and again. And and you just kind of hope that it's something that can be managed, something that you don't have to miss a game for. Um, And in general, I'd say I've been pretty lucky uh, with injuries, but that being said, Honestly, I just feel like I'm never playing totally healthy. You do what you can, but you uh, really, you're, for the most part, you're almost always dealing with something. Yeah, it's always a grind. It's always a grind. Uh, it is. Luke, this season in particular, and since June Jones has taken over, this offense has just, it's been fun. Like sometimes you just watch, in the NFL right now, everyone, you know, everyone's enjoying Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. When, when you're watching the Hamilton Ticats play football, it's fun for fans to watch. Like with this offense now, with June Jones and is is uh, the the first full season, getting that full off season and all that with this offense, Jeremiah Masoli and everything clicking. What what do you feel has has changed, or what makes this offense so dynamic and again so fun for fans to watch? Yeah, I agree. I think I think that it is fun. It's fun to play in too. Mm. And there's a, you know, there's just a. I don't know what the word is. There, we have a lot of opportunities, and as receivers in this offense, there's a lot of uh, a lot of reads that you make downfield, and it's kind of like before each game, I I, it's, I just know that at some point it, my number is going to be called to make a to, to have to make a big play, and it, and I something about the way that the way that these that, are, that this offense works, you know, I've had a lot more um, you know catches and, and big gains after the catch, and just like the 
the way that the, that the route combinations work together, the way that we, the way that June calls plays, it's been, uh, it, it's fun to watch, but it's also fun, fun to play in. And uh, I, I think if you had, if you had to say it one way, I think, I think that June would describe his offense as, you know, you kind of err on the side of touchdowns, you know, <laughs> you just kind of, it, 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 when in doubt, try to score a touchdown, That's you know, okay. run your route, run your route to, to, to make the big play happen. And uh, yeah, I think it lends itself to, to a pretty fun game. It is. Well, yeah. And it, it shows you guys look like you're having a lot of fun out there. A uh, couple quick hitters for you here, Luke, before we go. So fans can get to know you a little bit better uh, ahead, yeah. on, on the non-football side. So, which and you can include Netflix in this because everyone's you know binge watching stuff. But is there what which TV show, Netflix program, whatever are you watching or into right now? Okay, so uh, I'm uh, I'm always kind of going through the uh, Bob's Burgers episodes <laughs> on Netflix. But I also I, I gotta I still have the second season of uh, Stranger Things to, oh. to to watch here. That's a uh, that's loaded up on the on the Netflix uh, queue here pretty soon. Nice, actually, yeah, I got to get into that uh, that second season as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and Luke, let's say you know uh, uh, Hamilton ownership, the the community, whatever says Luke okay. at the end of the year. Hey man, you did a great job. Here's a blank check. Go on vacation anywhere you want in the world. You have to decide then though. <laughs> you have to get up and go. Where where are you going to go? Well, uh, I I'm tempted to say Alaska because oh. my sister lives there and I want to go up into the glaciers. But uh, but my wife would hate it if I if I went somewhere <laughs> colder than uh, than Buffalo or Canada. So we'd be I think we'd be heading down to the uh, to the islands somewhere, the Caribbean. Nice. Is there one in particular that you've been to or want to visit? The Virgin Islands, actually, Virgin oh. uh, Virgin Gorda, a bit of St. Thomas. I, I kind of we I think we'd be heading down that way. Beautiful. Well, Luke, you've been very generous with your time. Really appreciate it. Have fun the rest of the year, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Big thanks to Luke Tasker there for Behind the Helmet. That will do it, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy Week 18 in the Canadian Football League, and we will see you next week. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network, delivered by Domino's.